Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 392. And tonight, we are recapping two episodes of Lore Olympus. We're going to start with episode 258, which is available for free right now on the Webtoons app. And then we're going to jump straight into 259, which is only available if you're fast-passing. And I like what you said when we were discussing the recording tonight. These were both very good episodes, but I don't think it's going to take them very long to recap. No, I think, honestly, if if I can, I think I can do a really fast, like super fast recap right now. Uh, Episode one, Hera finally tells Kronos to piss off. Episode two, Hades and Persephone pledge that they will always find each other, even if Persephone has to make a new deal with um, Erebus. Erebus. Yeah, with a new deal with Erebus in order to fix what's happening to the mortal realm. And it looks like we finally have the reason why they've been focusing so much on why Morpheus is so uncomfortable with how she wasn't able to do the dream dive properly, I guess. Mm, I think so. I would also add to that that the second episode also has sexy good times in a pool. Yes! Beautiful. <laughs> I mean, that, that takes oh. up the bulk of the episode, I think. And it's yes. just, yes. they happen to wander off into a pool, Persephone and Hades, and they're both oh. giving each other proclamations of love as they float, and there's all sorts of lovely effects going on with the water line and light and all that, and it's just oh, so pretty. Oh my god. So yeah, the first episode, we'll just touch on some of the high points right here. The moment when Hera tells Kronos to piss off. Now, it starts out with her just after she's gotten that phone call from Apollo, which, God, I want her to go to town on Apollo. But she's doing what a lot of the characters in this uh, series do, which is she's beating herself up and thinking that she's an awful person. And basically, she gets a vision of Medis, who's telling her to, I think the line was, stop acting like it's your fate to soothe this ghost's feelings. So she tells... Kronos to piss off, but she'd just been smoking a cigarette beforehand, and there's this amazing image of her just staying there. She's got bags under her eyes. She's just been smoking, but she just looks like a badass. Yes, and she puts the cigarette out on Kronos's forehead. Now, he doesn't react, yes. but I was so relieved to see that because that was the fast pass teaser image, and I yes. thought she was like doing something like brushing his hair out of his face or something, like oh. she was going to side with Kronos in order to get one up on keeping Apollo from taking control, but nope, that wasn't it at all. And I had also expected that she was going to be traumatized by the fact that Apollo was using her biggest trauma of having had sex with Kronos as a way to hurt her. But what she's really worried about is the idea that she's past it, that she doesn't have any power whatsoever. And she's finally decided, fuck it, and she's just going to go to town on whoever she needs to. And also, also, Kronos is really reminding me of Apollo here because Hera tells Kronos she does not love him flat out. And Kronos wants to argue with her. That of course she does. Of course she did. He decides that all of the things that she said when she was trying to get in his good graces so she could poison him, she couldn't possibly have faked all that. So that must mean she actually did love him. Yep, 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 yep. I guess Kronos is Apollo's... uh I don't know, uh, grandfather? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. Apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Boy, howdy. No, because that was what Apollo was doing, because Persephone was telling him, I didn't enjoy that. I don't love you. I don't even like you. I want you to stay away. And he was arguing that, of course, she liked him. And, of course, she wanted to have his clout. I mean, all of this stuff, neither of them are actually hearing the women that they're talking to. 
nope, 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 nope. And that scene ends with Hera collecting Hestia and telling her we're going to go find Hebe. So they're going to go out and do that. Though I like Hestia. It's just like, have you been smoking? I'm not going out with you if you're smoking. I'm like, good for you for establishing some boundaries there, Hestia. That's awesome. Well, Hestia, I think Rachel really likes to show that Hestia is not going to be intimidated by Hera at all. Yeah. And she's not going to yeah. treat her with kid gloves either, which is great because that's exactly how she treated Demeter. And that worked out well, too. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. So then we jump over to where you were talking about Morpheus is there with Persephone and they're watching Hecate as they're casting this spell. And Morpheus is just beating herself up over how bad this dream dive went. Though I think Persephone tells her something like, you know, I've just actually started a plague that's killing the mortal realm. I think we're even on the guilt level. Yeah. So I think it takes Hades coming in to snap Hecate out of the trance that she's in for the spell that she's casting. And Hecate knows where Erebus is. He's in the deepest, darkest part of Tartarus, which means... If Hades and Persephone need to go speak with Erebus, they're going to have to get past Kronos. So now this problem's just gotten worse. But as they're lying in bed, Hades is wondering, if you have to make a new deal with Erebus, what is that going to entail? And I mean, he's fairly sure that his deal with Erebus when he took over the underworld means that he's infertile. And now Persephone is finding out that her deal with Erebus possibly means that she's no longer a fertility goddess. So what kind of deal is Erebus going to ask for? And that's where the episode ends. Yep, 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 yep. So... We open the next episode, also spoilers, because this is the fast past one. This is uh, 2.59. It opens with Electo is making a drink for Hecate. And it's just, it's so nice. She's talking about how it's like, it's warm, it's alcoholic, it's also opaque, which is important for after work drinks. I'm like, yes, that's all that is very true. That's very accurate. Now, Hecate... She's talking with Electo, but at one point she just kind of looks over to the side looking very pensive, and they don't actually address that, and I don't know if she's also thinking about what Erebus is going to ask for, which is possible because we instantly go from her to Hades and Persephone's discussion. Yes, yes, and it's... Hades beating himself up again. He feels responsible that he didn't keep a better eye on Kronos, so he feels like his complacency is what caused this. Um... And Persephone is just trying to tell him, you know, it it doesn't matter what kind of deal Erebus is going to offer. She's got to save the mortal realm, so she's got to take it. And Hades wants to do another sleep dive immediately. And Persephone's chasing after him, being like, could you slow down? And I hadn't noticed in the previous episodes, I thought that one shot of him glaring up at Apollo with his eyes kind of going to that glowing white with stars in it, I thought that was just a flash of temper. But it stayed that way. Half of his face Mm -hmm. is now in like that underworld god mode. And it's nice that Persephone's not reacting to that at all. But possibly that's because her eyes are still glowing red in her goddess mode. So, but yeah, yeah, I just, I thought that was interesting that that is just staying like that now. Yeah, yeah. And then as she's trying to chase him down to get him to stop and don't do the sleep dive, she tells him that she wants him to use her powers as a fertility goddess and use that to beat Kronos or do whatever they have to do. And Hades is against that for a lot of reasons. The two major reasons being, one, he doesn't want to take from her and possibly hurt her. And two, he doesn't know if her power will corrupt him. I mean, he thinks there's every chance that maybe Kronos wasn't always a terrible person. And I'm like, well, I'm not buying that one. I, yeah, no, he never... I think Kronos may have become awful as soon as he got that prophecy that one of his sons was going to overthrow him. So yeah, that was... Yeah. that. I think that started that. Yep, yeah, yep. So Hades is feeling like 
He's just being really defeatist. He just thinks that the whole universe is against the two of them ever getting together. And that no matter what they do, they will never get to be together. He's really dealing with the fact that losing Persephone so suddenly like he did, he's still dealing with the trauma of that. It really, really hurt him. And so it's almost like he's trying to say, this is it. We're never going to be together. And Persephone tells him to knock it off. But it was so sweet because there's a moment where he kind of freezes and her arms are around him and she's just holding him really tight from behind. And they're in the pool. I don't know how they got in the pool, but they're in the pool. Yeah. And she just gives him this wonderful declaration. She says, no matter what, I will find my way back to you. If there is water, I will build a ship. If our love is forgotten, I will fall for you all over again. If I must live as a mortal, I will die in your arms and return home to you once more. And I'm like, oh. And that's a very nice um, benefit of being married to the god of the underworld. Because, you know, even if you do die, you're still going to be in his realm. Yes, yes. But I certainly hope it doesn't come to that. But anyway. Um, And then we have sexy good times and it's beautiful and it's fun. Like they're actually like pulling each other's clothes off in the water and grinning at each other. It's really, it's fun and it's sweet. And we don't see anything in case you're wondering, you know, Rachel only goes so far with the sexy good times, but we see enough. Yeah. And we see the outside of the pool and it's glowing with both of their colors and then outside the house and it's glowing with both of their colors. So yay. Yay. So we cut to Hestia and Hera in the mortal realm talking about how bad it looks. Hestia is asking Hera, what happened with Kronos? Harris says she told him to go piss off, and if he comes back, he won't get anything from her. So then we suddenly go to another scene, and it is, we see the little child. I think that's what um, Hades and Persephone have decided to name Melano, who's sort of floating, and this is obviously the kidnapped child. And then you suddenly see Kronos underneath him in this giant god mode saying, you... I need a new target. And then we see a silhouette of Morpheus. So yeah. this whole time that that Kronos has been like talking with Hera, he's been trying to get her to give him some power and it's not working. So now he's going to go to the person who controls dreams, possibly so that he can like start attacking people the way he did in the 10 years that Persephone was exiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, and it's funny because when I first read that, I interpreted it a different way. I interpreted it as the child that's floating in the darkness and Kronos yelling, you know, hey, I need a new target. I don't know, it, it felt like Hera saying, if he comes back, he won't get anything from me. And it's the child, and I'm thinking, she says that, but if somebody's threatening the child, you know, will anybody be able to stand up against that? So when I saw the new target, I thought he's going to go after the kid again, or he's going to hold the kid hostage in front of somebody else. I don't know. But I think your explanation about Erebus, I think it makes a lot more, or um, rather, um, Morpheus makes a lot more sense. Yeah, and that's where the episode ends. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm like I said, there really wasn't a huge amount to recap because so much of it was taken up with that lovely scene between Hades oh, and Persephone. Yes, just beautiful. And also lovely images of Hera in the first episode where she's kind of thinking maybe everything's done and she just doesn't want to deal with like the loss of power and the best thing she can do is sleep, which, you know, anybody who's dealing with severe trauma or severe depression knows how easy it is to escape into sleep. But that's when she does get that vision from Medis. And it's all just beautiful, really lovely. And she tells Kronos when she puts the cigarette out on him that she said, remember this, I was created to destroy you. And that was because Medis 
told Demeter, like told her flat out, you see that man, you were created to destroy him or to help defeat him. So Medes put a lot in her daughters, but they were in the middle of a war. But I I hadn't realized that Hera had also gotten that instruction from her mother that she was yeah. created to destroy Kronos. Yeah, not a great way to have any sort of childhood at all. But nope. anyway, so yeah, it's interesting. Rachel Smythe on, I can't remember because I'm I'm now on Threads and Blue Sky because I'm trying to see where everybody's going to move to once Twitter dies, which by the way, guys, we have to stop saying that Twitter is going to die because people keep saying that. And I'm like, I think it's going to limp on for quite some time. Yeah, I am, I am trying to use Blue Sky a little bit more now. I've got the same handle and I'm slowly going through my contacts in Twitter to try to link up with people in Blue Sky because Right now, Twitter's the default. Twitter's where I go to for like news, for gossip, for you know the people that I follow. So I want Blue Sky to be the default, but it's going to take a while. Yeah, I think it is. I haven't tried out Mastodon yet. Have you? Yeah, I signed up for it probably years ago now, and I've just never used it because nobody talks about Mastodon. No, they really don't. I know Hannah signed up for it too. I almost feel like I should get a handle there. I don't just because have the full set. I don't know, whatever. But <laughs> anyway, I don't remember if it was Threads or Blue Sky, probably Blue Sky, where somebody was asking Rachel Smythe what her New Year's resolutions are. And one of the things she said was to finish Laura Olympus. And I'm like, oh, oh God, I know this is the final season, but is it, is it really? I'm, it's, we're, as of time of this recording, we're recording on New Year's Day. So yeah. I'm just like, oh no, we only have 365 more days. <laughs> a possibility of 52 more episodes. Oh, God. Anyway, yeah, so. And it's, it's I'm so torn because I it's my usual thing. I want to know how the story ends, and I want everybody to be happy. And if the story's over, then nobody's going to be suffering anymore. But at the same time, I don't want it to end. I know, I know. And I also want to see, like, this is the only thing we know Rachel Smythe from. I've never, I don't even know if she ever had anything before she just burst into the scene with Laura Olympus. I'm curious to see what she does next. Yeah, and do we know anything more about the possible animated series, Laura Olympus? Oh, I have no idea. Netflix has just been a rat bastard lately, just like canceling things. And <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. And I didn't Google before this episode because why would we prepare? No, no. And, and I'm also mad at Prime because we got the official announcement that Prime is going to be putting advertisements in their streaming services, even if people are paying for a Prime membership, they're going to have to pay like a few dollars more a month if they want to have the same thing we've always gotten just without ads. And I'm like, oh, I feel like they need to be punished. But Nathan and I just re-upped our Prime membership. And I just... Yeah, I mean, I need... I need the Prime membership for the free shipping. That's well, yeah, that's the thing. And I'm yeah. wondering, I mean, could they possibly offer a Prime membership that doesn't include streaming, like a lower rate, but just for the... I, I tried looking that up, and all I found in a Google search was instructions on how to use free shipping in Prime or yeah. how to get free shipping in Amazon, which I think is basically just you have to buy enough stuff at once yeah. and you'll get the free yeah. shipping. But I'm like, yeah, there's oh, several people too like hard. You go to yeah, there's several things you go and look, and it's like, oh, we offer free shipping as long as you buy $35 worth of stuff and uh, I don't I, do you watch much stuff on Prime anymore? Um Interstellar was on Prime so I watched that. I look every once in a while um that that um the Top Gear presenter Jeremy Clarkson we watched the whole Clarkson's Farm series. Um, and like that's that's had a second season. I think they're working on a third season. So 
Kind of. I mean, I feel like we watch YouTube more than anything. And Nathan specifically got a like a, a premium membership to YouTube so we could watch things without ads. So it's going to piss right. me off if I'm going to be watching something that's free with Prime and get interrupted with an ad. But I just don't know what the alternatives are. It's like it's a stranglehold on the market. I, and people have been saying that. They're like, that's how they get you. You know, they make you dependent on something for a very low price and then they raise the rates and you can't do anything because you're like, oh my God, I'm completely hooked on this. Damn it. And I remember the time before Prime when you could get free shipping on stuff, but you had to accept the fact that your stuff would get shipped after everybody else's, that like free shipping was a guarantee it was going to take longer. And it's been so nice to not have to worry about that, to just get, you get a flat delivery date and it's going to arrive then. (laughs) And that's, that's what they've done right. They probably tortured a bunch of employees and overworked the hell out of everybody in order to do that. But I just, I don't, I don't know what the solution is. It's like modern conveniences. It's so hard to turn it down. And you even tried that one time to buy something online through a, sh- a seller that wasn't Amazon. And then it turned out they were, a, what is it, a reshipper? They would just take uh, orders and then buy it from Amazon? Yep, drop shipping. That's what oh. they, did. So they didn't even own the product until I ordered it from them. And then it arrived at my place and it had an Amazon shipping label inside. And I realized I'd been had. I was like, God damn it. Because uh. it was more expensive, wasn't it, than it was? Yeah, Prime yeah. because you were paying yeah. their rate in addition to Amazon's rate. That's right. I Damn thought, it. Oh, I know it's more expensive, but at least I'm not giving my money to Amazon. Damn it! I gave my money to Amazon and a drop shipper. Yeah, I just, I remember Nathan and I traveling down to Florida one year on the train and we had all of our presents with us, which meant we had like multiple suitcases that we had to schlep around. Mm-hmm. And if I travel with Christmas presents nowadays, it's like maybe the stocking stuffers tucked into like yeah. one part of my, it is so nice to just have everything shipped to one spot and not have to like go to different stores and shop around. And it just, oh, oh. yeah, yeah first know. world problems, definitely. It is. I was just thinking about this the other day. So using Google Maps, like Mm -hmm. the app on your phone to like tell you how to get places and everything, which I remember the days when you would have like a scrap of paper with the directions written on it that you were looking at while you were driving, you know, and it's just, it's been so great. What happens the day comes when they say, hey, you can still use Google Maps, but you got to pay a premium for it because, you know, that's how they get you. They, right. they make you dependent on it. And then you're just like, well, I can't do without it. Oh, my God. Well, I remember talking with someone who said that there was actually studies that say that your ability to find your way places by directions gets atrophied if you're using GPS instructions. So oh, you're wow. no longer able to use that skill anymore. And I'm nodding along and I'm thinking, I never had that. I, I never, never had, had that, that skill ever. My ever. God, if I went somewhere and I had to print out instructions on Google Maps, I would have to print out both the instructions to get there and the instructions to get back because I am yes. incapable of looking at directions and being able to flip them around. I know it's ridiculous. I just and they always say, you know, people have lost the ability to read a map. I'm not sure I was ever very good about that in the first place. You know, I don't know sorry. how many people were. I, mean, I think people well, probably pretty amazed that you would like go to a convenience store and buy a fold-out map and figure out oh, your way gracious. that way. I mean, fold-out maps now, you know what those are? Craft supplies. Yeah, they are. They are. I find them in thrift stores all the time. They make great origami. They're awesome. Oh, they're fantastic. I love them. But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week, so make sure to check out pixeladygeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. I just bought episodes... 
episodes. Issues uh, three, four, and five of The Sacrificers. Oh, okay. And it's from Image Comics. I believe it's Rick Remender is the writer. I forget who the artist is, but I will put a link because just reading issues three and four today, it's really gorgeous art, and I like what the story's doing. It's kind of like sort of fantasy, but not like a little dystopian society type stuff with aliens, sort of. It's really, really nice. And so I will, I'm going to finish reading all of them and I'll probably review issues one for five because I'm sure the graphic novel's coming out pretty soon, but keep an eye out for that. Cool. Yeah. I still have to read the graphic novels you got me for Christmas and I'll try to, Ah, because you haven't reviewed either of those, have you? No, no, I haven't. I may have to post a review of those then. Yes. In case anybody's wondering, it was Lazarus graphic novel number one and nine Nice House on the Lake, a bound edition of graphic novels one and two. And the only reason I gave it to you is I found that there will eventually be a book three, because if it ended where I thought it, at first I was like, well, I can't recommend this to anybody. This is a terrible ending. And then I was like, oh, there's supposed to be more coming. Okay. Now it's fine. Okay. Yes. Good. I, it is really getting to the point with TV series and comic books and everything that I know this is bad for a continuing series because it tells the publishers that it's not popular fast enough but I really like waiting until it's done and to know whether it was all worth it to watch it or read it. Seriously, talk about first world problems. I know, yes. I I want to have my my stories curated ahead of time so I know if they're worth my time. Me too, which is one of the reasons why you should check out all that and more, pixeladygeek.com, because we'll tell you if it's worth it. Anyway, so next week we will probably catch up on the one... Uh, Welcome to Night Vale episode that I believe we missed. Yeah, because I think they're on hiatus in January. Okay. You would think after all of these years, we would know whether or not they're on hiatus, but that ain't us. Nope, nope, nope. But one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. Bye.